Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. A castle in Scotland, towers, turrets, a moat, an actual drawbridge. A little boy's dream of a castle, which is exactly what it is. Many floors below dug deep into the earth. A man sleeps in a hermetically sealed pod. Temperature and oxygen regulated, blood pressure and heart rate monitored. His staff secretly call it the control room. But there's one thing he just can't control what happens inside his head. These are the two recurring nightmares of the billionaire tech bro. One, a decade from now, an AI named Gaia has taken over the world. It holds a series of show trials to punish those who have significantly contributed to the destruction of the biosphere. The bro is found guilty of mass ecocide. As punishment, he is exiled to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, that collection of debris three times the size of France. He desperately tries to stay afloat, flailing around on the bottles and bubble wrap and bags and nappies as hungry sharks circle below, bellies full of microplastic, desperate for some real meat. But the other dream, number two, that's the real scary one. Because it's not a dream at all, it's a memory. He's six years old, the middle of the night, woken up by a loud bang and screaming. Mommy, he calls out. Mommy! He walks down the hall to his parents' bedroom. The door half open. His father slumped in bed. Eyes staring, jaw slack. A dark red patch is blooming on his pale silk pyjama top. He wakes up, as he has done hundreds, maybe thousands of times before, to find that now, just like all those years ago, he's wet himself. He goes to the bathroom to take off the incontinence pants he wears for this very reason. He glances at himself in the mirror. Today is his 50th birthday. But, all being well, by midnight, he'll be dead. The system. Five methods for overcoming mortality. Method four, turn into a cyborg and fly to Mars. Miles to the south, a patch of wilderness. A hut built from horse dung, mud and straw. A young woman sleeps on a roll-out mattress. I wake up to the sound of birdsong. A couple of weeks ago it was just noise. Now I know them. The silvery song of the robin, the rich, mellow blackbird call, the chiff-chaff saying its own name over and over. My newly expanded brain lights up with recognition. I lift the curtain and the cool morning air rushes in. Oxygen. The oak and ash and hazel swapping my breath for theirs. The first rays of sunlight come through the leaves. The fractal patterns create alpha waves which soothe the brain. The trees release little particles, phytoncides, which boost my immunity. I step on the ground, the soil thick and rich with life. A wood white butterfly flutters over the wild licorice. I walk along a path to the roundhouse where I light a fire and boil a kettle to make tea. As the sun creeps up higher, a beam hits the green man looking down at me. Eyes wide, mouth agape. Morning. Morning. Oh, can't we just stay here? Mm-mm. Sure, yeah. Let's just hunker down and wait for the apocalypse, sure. I'm not ready to go back to the real world. This is the real world, babe. Is everyone else that's trapped in a nightmare? If I get stuck back in. Well, you won't. You're immune now. I hope so. Old Maya is dead. She died in those woods. You've been reincarnated. 
as what? Ooh, some kind of powerful, shape-shifting, mythic warrior bitch. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's in motion. You just gotta ride the wave. Okay. Hey, it's all that's gonna happen. All goes wrong when we get killed. Then we get turned to compost. And something new and beautiful could come from that. At least we tried. 160 miles southeast, a young woman lies in her bed, and inside her, nestled in its watery pod, a new life grows. In her hand, her phone. She's mindlessly doom scrolling when suddenly it starts to buzz and flash with a picture of a smiling man on a beach. Hi, babe. Morning, babe. How'd you sleep? Yeah, better, thanks. Not so hot now, finally. How's that big sausage pillow thing? Good. Not sure it's worth 150 quid, though. It's a feeding pillow as well. Mm. And it's good to practice sleeping on your left side because in this trimester is much better for you. Yes, I know that too. Sorry. sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I know you're just trying to. I miss you. What? I miss you. <laughs> What's funny about that? Nothing. Sorry, I'm just getting used to these feelings being expressed. Oh, sorry. Do you want me to man up and grow up? <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I want you to come home. When are you coming back? Depends where Finch wants to be after tonight. I still don't get what difference it makes where he is if he never actually sees anyone. You need to watch what you say. Well, if anyone's listening, Matt Finch is officially a freak. Oh, but we are very grateful to you for paying the mortgage. It won't be forever. And I don't like you doing this anymore. I want you safe. I'm safe. Have you seen the news? These protests are everywhere now. All these people just lying around in circles. The schools are empty. People aren't showing up to work. Mm, That's crazy. I don't know what I think they're going to achieve. They're desperate. It's only themselves they're hurting. And I've been reading about these plots online. What? Where? Reddit. Carl, don't go on there. They reckon the proper extremists are about to do something... something bad. Don't believe what you read online. No. And don't worry about me either. I can look after myself. What about your sister? Any word? Nope. They keep calling me to see if I've heard from her, but I've told them we've barely spoken in years. Meanwhile, in the hero's journey, the leaderboard is looking lively. But now the game is not just a game, it's a game show. As the competition heats up, more and more people tune in to watch the live feeds. So after a skirmish in a retail park outside Salford, Spike Knight has overtaken Sir Chancellor at the top of the table. But it's all to play for. If any one of them finds Professor Kingfisher and the Grail Code, it will catapult them straight to the top spot and instant billionaire status. Back in the control room, after checking in on the progress of the game, the tech bro moves through his carefully honed routine, called shower, supplements, black coffee. But the image keeps coming back into his head, the dark red patch blossoming on the silk. He calls his assistant. Amanda? Happy birthday. Everyone. I want to cancel. What? I want to cancel. You want to cancel what? All of it. The whole party. People are flying here right now. Extremely busy people who we've been working... I don't care. Matt, we have really strong hygiene protocols in place. We can limit your contact. Listen to what I'm saying. It's over. Okay. But have you thought about the repercussions of canceling at this stage? You'll find a way to frame it. If we say you're sick, it will read as weakness for investors at a time when we're already picking up on a lot of negative feedback. What do you mean, negative feedback? I wanted to save this till tomorrow, but... What? 
It's the polling we commissioned. The whole anti-woke, anti-eco mob line's not playing as well anymore. There's a lot of sympathy for these protests. The non-violence, the numbers, the kids involved, the images it's producing. It's getting an emotional response. It's not good for us. You know what? Forget it. Let's go ahead. You sure? Yeah. It was a blip. A tarmac vein through the countryside. An electric people carrier cruises along. A truck follows behind. Everyone's laughing and chatting, but I'm sat at the back with my hood up, staring out the window. In my stomach, I can feel the anxiety building. Okay, guys, big day, right? So let's remind ourselves why we're here. He turns back to look at me. Maya. What? Why are we doing this? Uh, because we... We've taken a vow, we've sworn our lives to protect the Earth. Why? It gives us the gift of life. It's the only life we know of in the universe. But? We're at a crossroads. Uh, a set of ecological feedback loops is in motion, and if we turn out fast, they're going to get out of control. What's driving it? The way we live our lives. A socio-economic system based on extraction, accumulation, growth, profit, greed. What's it doing to us? It's... It's destroying habitats and species and the complex natural systems which keep us alive. Poisoning our rivers and oceans. It clogs our veins and arteries. It gives us anxiety and depression and uh, obesity and, and cancer. It infects all of us. Some people let it consume them entirely. Who? The super rich, the 1%. And what do they do? They suck up the wealth. From bottom to top, from south to north. They float above us like demigods in private jets and penthouses, but they're not gods. They're parasites. If we're at a crossroads, what are the options? Well, either we carry on as we are and slowly get suffocated, burnt, flooded, starved out of existence. The earth shrugs us off and gets on with the business of healing itself. Or? We calm it all the hell down. We reset our relationship with nature. We stop taking more than we need. Stop making and buying so much meaningless crap. Stop doing all the pointless bullshit jobs. We make the world a place that we can all thrive. How do we make that happen? We rise up. We call on governments and leaders to act. To make laws. Change behaviour. Protect natural systems. How do we get them to listen? We give them no choice. We stop participating. The game is over if we stop playing. And today? We plant seeds. We wake people up. I pause. Look around into everyone's eyes. We rewild some minds. A hero's journey. The elite players receive a notification. Professor Kingfisher, carrier of the Grail Code, has been sighted. The information is vague. All we know for certain at this time is that he's somewhere in Scotland. And with that, the game is mobilized. Meanwhile, back below the castle... They take my temperature, my blood, a urine sample, swab from my mouth. I sit with Finch's assistant, Amanda, to wait for the results. What are they checking for exactly? Mm, a bunch of things. So does he have, you know, compromised immunity or something? He's actually in extremely good health. He just wants to make sure he stays that way. An alert pings on our phone. Okay, you're clear. So don't approach him, don't attempt to shake his hand, don't speak unless he speaks to you, and don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Otherwise, just relax and be yourself. Yeah, sure. She opens a door to a large room. Slate floor, rugs, bookshelves line the walls. 
and there he is, sitting in a leather armchair wearing a vest and shorts. He stands up, taller than I expected. Jake. Hello, sir. I'm sorry we haven't met face to face before. You come highly recommended. I'm pleased to hear it. And I appreciate you coming out here to the middle of nowhere. I'm honoured to be here, sir. Who'd you leave behind? Sorry? You got family? Well, my wife's actually pregnant. Congratulations. Yeah, it's still early days. She's 14 weeks. It's about the size of a kiwi fruit, apparently. <laughs> How are you feeling? A little uh, nervous? A little bit. Mm, what a time to bring a baby into the world. Sir? All these kids taken to the streets. Total chaos. And we'll get it under control, sir. Yeah. Well, you're in the right place. Inside the fortress. That's where you want to be. Thank you, sir. Tonight, I need it to run like clockwork, but I, I also want it to feel uh, intimate. Of course. You know, just a hundred of my closest friends hanging out together. Mm -hmm. I get it. So, I want minimal security. Yes, sir. Outside the room, sure, line them up, barricade the doors, but inside, I don't want too many prying eyes, you know? Mm -hmm. So, in the room, we lock the doors, and it's just you. Just me? Yep, because I don't want everyone worrying about whether someone's going to, you know, break their NDA or post something on Reddit. Well, given the status of some of your guests, Jake, I wanted to... Jake, 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 It's what I want. It's my party. I am the birthday boy. You can't say no to the birthday boy. How do you know you can trust me? <laughs> well, there we go. The fact that you even asked that question. <laughs> oh, you're smart. You're loyal. And I think you want to stay inside this fortress with your wife and your little kiwi fruit, don't you? Yes, sir. He takes a step towards me. His teeth are so white they're practically glowing. For a second, I wonder if he's a hologram. Then he holds out his hand. I look down at it, confused. Are you unfamiliar with this particular ritual? I reach out, grip his hand firmly. We shake rapidly and he immediately lets go. Thanks for indulging me. No problem, sir. The door opens behind me. As I'm walking out, I glance back to see him carefully cleaning his hand with a disinfectant wipe. In a hero's journey, the players are on the move. In cars, some rented, some borrowed from parents. Some have called in sick or just abandoned work altogether. At the castle, the helicopters are arriving. And at the gate, an electric people carrier and a truck. Jake, we have a problem at the gate. What is it? One of the entertainment guys is demanding to speak to the head of security. And there he is. The pierced nose, the tattoos, and the unmistakable red mullet. What's the problem here, buddy? The problem is, buddy, but I don't want your thugs destroying our extremely valuable handmade costumes. So unless you want to find a new act to fill the gaping hole you have in your evening, you need to play nicely. I'll conduct the sweep myself and you can observe. How does that sound? That sounds entirely reasonable. I open the back of the truck. He steps inside. As he shuts the door, he gives me a wink. So, these are the costumes. He gestures to a set of racks and gives me a nod. I run the scanner over them. We just really want this to be a night to remember. All clear. And these are our props. He opens up a trunk. See? So, props. He grips the wrist of my hand holding the scanner. Looks me in the eye. As I say, we just want this to be something people will remember for the rest of their lives. I look at him. He's smiling, trying to look chill. Absolutely, that's what we want too. All clear. In the game, there's been a sighting of the professor and the search area shrinks. The narrow roads begin to clog with traffic. Some men get out of their cars, stand on the roofs. Meanwhile, 
The gas fill up the outbuildings dotted in the grounds beyond the moat. Everybody's on site, Matt. Gas, caterers, entertainment. The tech bro continues his routine. A kettlebell session, cryo chamber, his one daily meal, steamed chicken and greens. But still, it's there. The dark red patch blossoming on the silk. A PA system is set up around the castle and in the grounds. Good evening. Could all guests please make your way towards the castle? As you cross the moat, we will be asking that you leave all your tech with us. Phones, tablets, wearable items. The castle is a completely private, device-free haven. The VIPs, rich and powerful, men and women in expensive suits and dresses, move across the drawbridge through the entrance and into the breathtakingly vast great hall like something from Game of Thrones, which was definitely a reference for the climate. There are long dining tables covered with food and drink. In the center of the room, a large open performance space. And on a raised platform to one side, the top table. As the last guest sits down, the huge doors close and their host appears. Can you tell that I was big into Dungeons and Dragons as a kid? <laughs> the geeks shall inherit the earth, right? But as you all know, this place is not just my home. This is where the past meets the future. We have everything we need. Organic farm, beef, accommodation for several thousand. Our very own fortified town. Because we're living through some crazy days. An election coming up here and in the U.S. There's a lot at stake for a couple of you guys in this room. But I'm confident we can get control of the narrative and win the day. Right? Ha <laughs> ha, right. Okay, but tonight, tonight is about having fun and being free. No cameras, no recording devices, no staff, no waiters. It's all there. Look, help yourselves. If you can remember how to use a serving spoon. This is a safe space where we can speak our minds and know that we share the same values. Freedom, innovation, meritocracy. And I trust we can all agree that this will be a 100% woke-free zone. If I hear anyone declaring their pronouns or talking about people who menstruate, straight to the dungeon with you. <laughs> so come on, let's, uh, let's cut loose. Let's celebrate what we've achieved and get excited for the next chapter, which I hope will look a lot more like this. Because, uh, you know the thing about feudalism? It kind of worked. There was an order, a chain of being. People knew their place and they felt safe. That sounds good, right? Right. And in honor of my new home country, we have some pretty amazing entertainment lined up for you from all four nations. Now, eat, drink, and be merry. As the guests start serving themselves, Amanda calls me over. You should be sitting down. What? She holds up the seating plan. Top table, buddy. You on one side, me on the other. Well, doesn't he want to, like, speak to his friends? Yeah, that's not really his thing. She leads me to a seat on his right. Evening, sir. He turns to me, pulls his chair closer, leans in. Make it look like we're having a conversation. Sorry? Make it look like we're friends. So, you know, say stuff. Oh, and sometimes laugh like I'm making a joke. Well, go on. <laughs> yeah, not that much. Okay, now uh, you say something. Uh, yeah, how does it feel to be 50? Really? Is that the best you've got? Laugh. <laughs> the answer is it feels old. My dad didn't even make 40. He ordered mine. Oh, how'd he die? Took his own life. Hang himself? He shot himself. 
was shot by someone else. But I'm sure you knew that. Yes, sir. It's quite the origin story. Son of a preacher man who was shot by one of his crazy followers. You know what the word charisma means? No, sir. A gift from God. A supernatural power. By the age of 12, my dad was traveling from town to town preaching the gospel, and he could get just about anyone to do just about anything. Like what? With the touch of a hand, they would fall to the ground, shake, talk in tongues. Oh, and then he started healing. That's where the real money was. And he liked money. Liked it so bad, he started to drink his own Kool-Aid. Laugh. <laughs> a man came to the church. His daughter was sick. Seriously sick. And he was desperate. He was willing to give my dad every dollar he had to cure her. So what happened? She got better. For about a week. And then she dropped dead in the street. And now the man has nothing left to lose, so he breaks into her house one night and, uh... What do you think happens when we die? I don't know, sir. Come on, come on. What does your gut tell you? That's it. You just stop. When I saw my dad on the bed, I knew he wasn't in heaven. Or hell. He was just dead. So why are you always talking about God? Because it plays well. But my faith is in human ingenuity. Aging and death are two problems that we're very close to fixing, Jake. This wetware is going to be upgraded. In a hundred years, there will be people living on Mars, and I will be one of them. And what about the rest of us? He shrugs. Not everyone's going to make it. Which is why we need to extract the maximum capital while we still can, and build the infrastructure to keep us safe. Make hay while the sun shines, and before it slowly burns everyone else to a crisp. Laugh. But I don't. I just stare at him. Why aren't you laughing, Jake? It's not funny. Well, I think it is. Why are you telling me all this? Because I trust you. You're a good little soldier who knows how to follow orders. Matt? What? It's time for the final act. Okay, everybody. We've had Scotland, Wales, and Ireland, which just leaves the daddy of them all. Merry old England. Oh, I'm told by my head of creative that this is the height of cool. So, I give you the Morris Majors. A drum starts to beat. A group of dancers, all women, come onto the stage in the middle of the hall. They're wearing masks, antlers and horns twisting up over their head, bells strapped to their ankles. Each one carries a dark wooden stick a few feet long. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You might think of middle-aged men with beards and beer bellies, but the Morris is actually an ancient tradition. Finch turns to me. Hot women carrying large sticks. Where is this going? Each Morris dance would mark a key moment in the wheel of the year. We have created a brand new dance to mark the beginning of a new chapter in the story of Matt Finch. We give you a heroine's journey. Part one. The Dance of the Sticks. They start to move around the stage, describing circles around each other. The sticks whacking together. The pace picks up. I recognise that song. What? I recognise that tune. They circle around and around. The dizzying blur of bodies. The circles get bigger, widening out to move amongst the tables around the hall, weaving in and around as the music gets louder. Then suddenly... 
They're back in the middle again. They smash the sticks together, then pause. Each dancer reaches up to grab the end of their partner's stick. They twist and pull. Each one is a hollow wooden sheath hiding a sword. Part two, the dance of the swords. The dancers let the sheaths clatter to the ground and hold the swords with two hands in front of them. Whoa, how'd this get past security? He winks at me. It's okay, buddy, I'm only messing. The swords twist and spin through the air and above their heads. They clash together, then start their dizzying circles again, sweeping out amongst the crowd. A shudder goes through the guests. Nervous laughter. Each dancer then singles out a particular man writhing in front of him. Okay, now we're talking. Then they raise the swords high and stab them down into the wooden table in front of each man. I look at Finch. He's grinning, but it feels forced. In his eyes, do I see fear? And finally, part three. Each dancer reaches up to the handle of the sword, pushing on some invisible mechanism. The handle detaches itself from the sword, it twists around. The dance of the gun. And suddenly, each one is holding a pistol, silver glinting in the light. The murmurs grow louder. Yeah, guns and girls can't beat it, right? Some of the audience are shifting, looking around at each other. The dancers lift the guns, each one caught in a spotlight. They run it over the animal masks, then they point it at their chosen victim. A gasp from the audience. Everyone, please stay calm. Don't worry, it's all a part of the show. All the lights dim and a spotlight comes up on Matt Finch as a new dancer makes her way towards him. On her face, a mask with tendrils and foliage unfurling from the eyes and mouth, branches twisted into the shape of antlers above. I'm not sure at first, but as she moves closer, it's obvious. I hope you're ready, buddy. As the tune of the song becomes clear. We are the children of the green man. The lighting shifts again, and a target forms itself on Matt Finch's body. A circle with a dot inside it. The dancer raises the gun as the crowd begins to scream. Come on, let's do it. I'm up and out of my seat, moving towards her. I'm a mythical warrior bitch riding the wave. My weight! I pull the trigger. But there's no explosion, no bang. Just a faint click. Finch has dropped to the floor, but there's no blood. He's looking around the room, confused. I look back to Maya, still holding the gun up high, and sticking out the end is a little flag. Written on it in red and yellow letters, two words. Game over. A klaxon sounds, and a familiar voice comes over the PA. Game over, losers. Game over, losers. Game over, losers. And outside... A crowd of gamers is swarming into the estate. A mob ready to storm the fortress. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.